0: You've spent hours creating Facebook ads. You've carefully selected your target audience and you've invested thousands of dollars of your hard earned money into advertising your business. So why is it that after all this time and effort, you don't focus on optimizing the on-site experience? In today's episode, we're going to talk about conversion rate optimization or CRO. This is the combination of art and science. That's entirely focused on increasing the number of people who hit your website and converting those into customers. My name is Jared Doyle, and this is the Fractal Podcast, where I interview marketing professionals from all over the world to help startup founders like you learn the different marketing art forms to grow your business. Hi, and welcome to this week's episode. This week, we're going to be totally focused around CRO or conversion rate optimization. And we're joined to discuss this topic by Luke Chapman, who is a digital strategy marketing automation extraordinaire, who works with X Digital here in Brisbane with me. Luke, welcome to the show. Thanks, Jared. Fantastic. We're going to really explore this area, which I feel like it's one of those areas when you have a business that often gets overlooked. It's that thing that you stop and you say, actually, I've done all this work to get people to my website. Surely they can see what's happening. And I'm just curious, I mean, from your, from your side, and that's kind of my version of it from your side, why do you feel, or why do you see that conversion rate optimization is so important for a business to get right these days?
1: Yeah, well, I guess, you know, you've spent all that effort or money or time or all three to get people to your website. So if they get there and then they end up leaving without converting into Whatever you class as a conversion, it's a bit of a, a waste of time and money. So you really want to capitalize on that, you know, make the most of it. Um, and there's lots of different ways to do that, as I'm sure we'll discuss.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, let, let's get into that because I mean, I'm, I'm sure a lot of people who are listening to this have maybe heard of conversion rate optimization or CRO, but they don't really maybe fully appreciate all the different elements it can can involve because it's not like traditional marketing, it's not advertising. There's a lot of components here, so. I mean, we've got a very short window here, but can you give us a rough idea of the kind of things you might be working on under the umbrella of CRO?
1: Yeah, so really, I guess anything that's going to push people down that funnel towards converting into a customer and just reducing any points of friction along the way. So uh, there can be all sorts of things. You know, from my point of view, I do a lot of testing. So A, B, split testing, most people have heard of multivariate testing which is kind of taking that to another level and then just user experience you know yeah just making things as frictionless as possible reducing steps and all, there's all kinds of ways to do that
0: yeah well let's, let's dive into some of those so yeah i mean if, if we're going to do a simple a b split test so most people get that you know you've got two options so here we're talking about, let's paint a scenario in our heads. I'm a search engine marketer. I'm bucketing traffic to a website. Say it's a car insurance website, sending lots of car insurance visitors through to a website, into a landing page. You're capturing those. You're the CRO guy. You're sitting at the other end and you want to split test that. What, what's the uh, two things, I guess, two parts of the question. One is what kind of technology you're using to do that? And what are the kind of things you first jump into and start to split test on those landing pages?
1: Yeah. So. I guess the first thing I would do is just trying to make a nice, clear call to action on the page and just try and optimize the page as best you can before you even start doing any any split testing. So yeah, just have one clear call to action if you're driving them to a particular landing page, whether that's your homepage or a specific landing page you've set up for a, uh, an ad. Just make it really clear, I guess, from the ad side as well, what they're going to get when they click through.
0: So is that, I mean, is that marrying up the the sort of, I guess, the message in the ad with the landing page So the two things kind of become a little bit? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, um, okay.
1: that's one of so many things that uh, you know will drive people to bounce away from your site. You know, they if they click through and it's something totally different to what they were expecting, they'll leave. And, you know, that's a wasted visit. So just making it clear on the page, don't give them too many actions to take. So if it's all about, you know, getting them to fill in a form, then make that the really clear action, give them a reason to fill in the form and tell them, you know, why they should and what they'll get. But yeah, other than, you know, making the page as good as you can or as good as you think it can be, um, then you kind of get into the split testing. Things to test there, you can test different layouts, different wording, different colors, different images, all those kinds of things, taking it Back a step further i would probably use some tools to actually see what people are doing on the landing page already so there's a number of tools you can use things like hot jar or crazy egg or there's a million and one different tools out there to do things like heat mapping or scroll tracking um, so you can actually That's, see
0: i was going to say just for, for people who don't know those things so Let's jump into one. So, I mean, I, have used crazy egg and that's just because I, you know, I've met the founders, so I kind of like had that affinity <laughs> with it. Maybe, maybe it's worth explaining what, what crazy egg does in layman's terms for people.
1: Yeah. So there's quite a few different tools. So crazy egg, I quite like, like hot jar as well. Yep. A lot of it depends how much you want to spend and what features you need, but really I think any kind of heat map tool is probably a good place to start. And that's just going to show you where people are clicking on your website, where they're scrolling, where the mouse is moving, that sort of thing. So you can actually see, like, I'll give you an example because it's Mm -hmm. easier to, to understand Then, Once upon a time I worked for a car rental comparison site. So it would go and search, you know, all the different car rental deals and you could book the one
0: that you wanted. I, I know, the, I know the business you're talking about. Well, as it happened. because <laughs> Brisbane is small, right? And so we know each yes. other and we know the businesses. Yeah, exactly.
1: Yeah. So, uh, what I did there, like we had, I can't even remember now. It was quite a few years ago. but One of those tools like, um, hot Jar or crazy egg and had it on the checkout page where people put their details in and you could clearly see. In fact, we had a tool where you could actually watch live sessions on the site and see what people were doing. And you can see they would type in their first name, their email, their phone number, and then they'd get to a section about credit card details and then just exit the page. And so that's the kind of valuable information that maybe you don't pick up just by looking at the page yourself. But if you can start to see users going through a page and dropping out at a particular point, or even a particular point in a a whole you know funnel of pages, then it gives you a really good clue. Okay, that's what we need to split test first. So in that case, it was wording around credit cards and, and how that was laid out on the form. So then we we're able to test a few different options there, different wording, different um, locations on the form and able to achieve like a double digit uplift between that and a few other changes on that checkout page. We were able to increase conversions. I think it was
0: by about 12%, which was, which, you know, really That's great. significant. Yeah. That makes a real difference to the business. Yeah. I, I've had similar experiences where, I've put used like crazy Egg, So, you know, again, crazy Egg basically records a session. So it's almost like you're looking at the user while their mouse moves around. And I just yep. found these hotspots where, and the hotspots where you're getting a lot of clicks and they were occurring on an image, which had no action point behind it. And you stop and you think, hang mm-hmm. on, people think if they click this, something's going to happen. Sure enough, yep. you turn that image into an actual action. And what do you know, people start converting at the other end. So it's that amazing experience. I have an, I have an analogy for this kind of thing, which is. If you were, if you had a local restaurant, I think any like you imagine like a little Italian restaurant in your, in your suburb, when you go in there, you always find the owner behind the bar, behind the cash register, looking at what's happening. They look at the patrons walking in, the customers going in and out, how many people are going into the restaurant and how they're interacting. You know, if you're gonna run a restaurant, you need to see everything that's happening. If you just walk in at the end of the night, pick up the till, look at the money and say, oh, look, I made X amount of dollars, I must be doing well. You might not see the subtleties happening inside people might not be happy with the prices They might have been bad food cold late service and so you know heat tracking and and mapping allows you to get that kind of vision so i I see that as being almost like the equivalent of walking into your own store and actually seeing the way people are interacting with your website so
1: yeah it's a great great analogy it's exactly yeah a real world example
0: so yeah i think it's a a fantastic thing to do I, i wanted to loop back to something you mentioned A few minutes ago around um the single call to action on a landing page now is that something you would recommend for people is is removing options like removing navigation removing exits and paths away from what you want them to do on a landing page
1: yeah i guess it depends it it kind of comes back to your goal or your strategy around the page so um you know if it's the home page of your website for your product or service you probably wouldn't want to remove everything.
0: Uh, (laughs) Yes.
1: But if it's a, um, you know, maybe you're running a Google ads campaign and it's around a specific product or a specific service, you may want to just direct it to a landing page. Um, you know, a, a good example is using lead generation ads where you might drive someone to a page give them a value proposition. So maybe they can download, you put together something valuable for your market. So if you can think of something that they're really interested in, put together a great tool or a checklist or a little, you know, mini ebook or something like that, that is something that would be valuable to them that they go, Hey, I really want that. That looks like it's got some good tips and tricks or knowledge or something that's going to help me in it. And I'm willing to hand over my email address to get that to, to download that book. I think a lot of people have probably seen ads like that. Um, so that's an example where the ad is really pointing to one thing. Okay, we've developed this tool or this checklist or whatever. And so when you land on that page, that's really the only thing that you should be having there is just talk about what that is, give them the form to fill it in, and it's just one simple clear action that you want them to take. So it really depends, and there's everything in between as well. So. Obviously, your homepage is going to link off to other pages on your site, but I think it is um, important even on the homepage to have a a clear call to action. You know, I've done site audits before where just above the fold on the homepage, so just what's on the screen without even scrolling or anything, there were seven different buttons on this one website to click asking you to do different things. (laughs) And if, (laughs) you know, people get a bit paralyzed, they go, oh, so many options. I don't know which one to click. I'm not going to click any.
0: So, and that's that's a big insight from behavioral psychology these days, which is actually if you increase the number of options available to somebody, they get like this analysis paralysis where they actually don't make a decision at all and they end up walking away. And so you yeah. just go, it maybe you give them three options, but I mean, in the scenario you just painted out where it's a, a lead capture form, there's one option: put your details in here and grab the white paper or the or the checklist or whatever yeah. it happens to be. Makes a lot of sense. And I, I wanted to touch on that. You know, we mentioned a lead form. I'm guessing the main strategy there is really to to give an, uh, a data capture point in a conversion funnel. So it might be that this is a considered purchase. It might be sort of B2B enterprise software, something, you know, it's a bit more involved. So you're not going to purchase a new car kind of on a, off a landing page, but a, a lead capture form is a logical mid-step where you can get a trackable, definable point of, I guess, conversion. So I'm guessing yeah, that's I, the main I, logic.
1: I kind of work... Yeah, sorry. I work with a lot of B two B clients, uh, and they tend to have you know fairly expensive um, products or services, and a, maybe a long lead time. Um, and so that's where those kind of things can help because it's really just building up that say so your email database, and then you can communicate with them and nurture those leads over time. But obviously, you probably wouldn't use that approach for a you know a small purchase on an e commerce store or something like that. But the same principles kind of apply in that you want to have you know a clear call to action don't paralyze them with with too many decisions to make and make that whole the whole purchasing process or the whole process to get to whatever you count as a conversion just make it as frictionless as possible reduce the amount of steps that are in that process and just make it really easy
0: fantastic so i mean another area of conversion rate optimization where the tool and I love like I love tools and I'm sure you do as well like once you get into this (laughs) space like they're fun things to play with in terms of landing page optimization do you have some tools that you prefer you've used you recommend for for building these landing pages if you're not going to like code it raw is there any software that you'd like to use to do that kind of work
1: yeah so a free one that's pretty simple um, to use is google optimize It doesn't have some of the advanced bells and whistles that some of the paid tools have, but it's a really great place to start and it doesn't cost you anything. So, and if you're starting off with a a fairly small site, so not, you know, like a big multinational corporate e-comm site uh, with millions of pages, um, then, then the Google tools are a good place to start. There's also other tools like visual website optimizer or
0: VWO. That's one of the, that's one of the original. Like those guys have been they've been building that for years and they've kind of, yeah. I don't know how long it's been, but it feels like it's been around for about 10 years. They've done quite a good job, so.
1: Yeah, same even with those tools like Crazy Egg and things like that, you know, a lot of these have been around for a while, but they're around for a while because they keep innovating and adding features and they're just, even just the basic functions of the tools are just so useful even after all that time. Yeah, v- VWO, Google Optimize, um,
0: Optimizely I think is another one. Um, Optimize is kind of the higher end, isn't it? It's more of a quasi enterprise level. So, you know. Yeah. And so then you kind of move into
1: more enterprise stuff. Like um, the example I gave before about the checkout page, we actually used Web Trends Optimize, which was more of a, a corporate, you know, enterprise type solution, which has a lot more bells and whistles, but it's probably not needed for most people. And if you're using, depends what your website's running on, but if. If you're using WordPress, uh, which a lot of people are for their websites, programs like Google Optimize or Visual Website Optimizer, those kind of things usually work pretty well. Um, there's a lot of different other plugins as well that you can use to to split tests with WordPress. One of the benefits of WordPress is that you know there's so many people using it and so many people creating things for it, so
0: it is it's great isn't it you get something and they go and here's our plugin for wordpress and you just think (laughs) thank you that makes my life easy that's why i chose wordpress (laughs) you know
1: yeah exactly but even if you're not you know most of them just have a, a couple of lines of code that you copy and paste into your site and then you use their actual tool to to do everything and it should be pretty straightforward
0: fantastic so i'm i'm now in a situation where i've sort of thought about my landing page i've I've sort of thought about skinning it down i've got a rough idea i bought some landing page software or maybe i'm using google what's like you know we spoke about that call to action what are the areas that i want to be looking to optimize pretty quickly on that page like things that spring to mind things like headlines and images are are they are they the logical go-to is it is it about whatever takes up the most amount of space on the page is probably what i want to be optimizing or is it or is there a more subtle art to it than that
1: yeah and and also position of things on the page as well so You know, you probably don't want a really long page in most cases, you know, people have to scroll and scroll and then you've got your call to action or your form or your button or whatever it is right down the bottom of the page. Um, So I would definitely play around with positioning of different elements on the page and try not to, yeah, I guess whatever's above the fold. So that is, you know, what's on the screen when you load the page before you scroll down, that's the most important stuff. So like you said, the headline, play around with, with wording of the headline there. There's a million different schools of thought on how you should write a headline. <laughs> you know I've,
0: I mean? I've had, I've had a copywriting expert on. So, um, if people go oh, back to that episode, I don't remember which one it was, but if you go back to that one and combine it with conversion rate optimization, you'll be on a, you'll be on a winning ticket. So Hopefully that works yep. out for you. Exactly. There you go. What's, um, so what's hot right now for you? Like what's the, what's the trend in conversion rate optimization that you're seeing everyone sort of jumping onto and, and focusing on right now? Honestly, I
1: think everyone talks about it and not a lot of people do it.
0: Oh, <laughs> um, so the, the, whole, the whole discipline of conversion. The whole thing, yeah. <laughs> right.
1: So I, I think just getting out there and doing it is, is a trend that I would love to see more people doing.
0: Isn't that interesting? People spend tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of dollars driving people to a website. And then when they get there, they just go, oh, well, I, you know, I hope they converge. So I'm interested to find out, is there any or are there any trends at the moment that you find are really sort of hot right now that everyone's focusing on when they're thinking about conversion rate optimization?
1: Yeah, I guess there's a lot of new shiny tools and, and different things happening in the, in the space. One thing that comes to mind that you've mentioned before to me is, um, is chatbots or even just live chat. So we use live chat on a lot of our clients Websites. I've used it a lot of times. That,
0: is, that is that live chat the company or live chat the, like the type of service you're talking just, about?
1: Just the type of function. So, yep. it really, matter you know which tool you use, but having something on the site that pops up and offers help, that can be quite quite helpful too. If people are umming and ah-ring and, and sort of not sure, maybe they're a bit stuck. They haven't found the information they're looking for or the product they're looking for. We found again. Get, <laughs> I don't want to use the example too much, but the the car rental, you know, example. We ended up putting on chat agents twenty four hours a day there because we just tried it with uh, one person for a few hours a day and thought, oh well, you know, it doesn't hurt to have one of the customer service people just jump onto live chat. And we didn't realize at the time that it would be so popular. And people are just really keen to chat to you. They're not so keen to. Pick up the phone and call, or actually even email. But if it's something that pops up in their face, like "Hey, we notice you've been on this page for a while. Is there anything I can help you with?" It's it's such a great way to open that conversation and help them out before they actually leave your site.
0: Yeah, and and there's so many tools to do that. I mean, we mentioned Crazy before that even comes built in with chat, so you can interrupt the flow. So you can be watching your website live and drop chat in. I think live persons been around for a decade at least. Uh, yep. doing their business and then you've got the new behemoths that turn up like your intercoms who are just again that's enterprise level but that kind of solution is is something else so there's there's definitely multiple solutions out there again and and it's funny i don't i don't think most people think about it in terms of conversion conversion rate optimization that kind of it kind of falls into a bucket of customer service but if you can yeah. put it into conversion rate optimization, you can actually attribute value to it and all of a sudden it becomes a profit center rather than a cost center. It's a totally That's different it. equation.
1: Yeah, and taking it back to a real world example, like you gave the restaurant example before, but you know, if you walked into a camera store and looked around, couldn't see the the lens or the camera that you were looking for and then walked out versus walking in and then look, having a bit of a look around and then a sales you know consultant comes over to you and says, oh, is there anything I can help you with? You know, notice you're looking at those canon cameras or whatever it is. You can do exactly the same thing with your website, you know, base it on the page or product that they're looking at and set things like timers, like, okay, don't bug them as soon as they get to the page, but maybe if they've been there for 30 seconds, offer to to give them a hand. And that can be the thing that pushes them over the line.
0: I love that. I think we're winning with analogies tonight. It's that, um, <laughs> it's, it's that idea of, yeah, every store you walk into, someone walks up and says, can I help you with anything? But they make that decision based on where you are and how long you've been standing there for. So this is just the web version of real retail that we're talking about here. So it makes a lot of sense. I love it.
1: Yeah. And a lot of those tools too, you mentioned, you know, intercom and, and a few others, but, A lot of them will link in with your CRM. So if you've got a a database of customers that you you have in your CRM, um, a lot of tools will either have live chat as part of that or, you know, you can use a separate live chat program to hook into that via an API or some other way. You know, you can then capture that customer's email address and their behavior of, you know, browsing on the website and, and all that sort of stuff. So definitely look at the tools that you're using, whether that's, you know, for conversion rate optimization crm whatever it is you might actually be able to link a lot of the different products together that you're that you're using
0: the the one product or the the platform i'm seeing be incorporated more and more is facebook messenger like it's interesting the number of skins that are now available and i hadn't fully appreciated how brilliant the play from facebook was in this space until i was shopping at a a local Australian electronics retailer UMart, I'll name them because they did a good job. Um, and then no <laughs> I love UMart. <laughs> yeah, it's like a geek's paradise. I mean, the, the shops, if you physically walk to a UMart, it's not the most impressive thing in the world. But I was shopping online. I wasn't too sure. I opened up a chat bot because that's what you do and thought, yep, I'll ask a question. And I had to go pick up my kids from school. And so I just shut the chat bot down and walked out. And it was pretty rude, but you know, I was like, I've had enough of this. I, I, <laughs> I haven't got time. My kids are going to be waiting for me at school. I'm waiting in the line at school and my phone pings, I look down at it's messenger and it's the customer service rep from UMart. and because they were using a Facebook messenger bot, they were able to keep me engaged. So I was on a desktop computer at home. I've then driven to the school. I'm standing outside a classroom, my phone pings and they've found the product I wanted. They're able to replace it. They did it all via messenger, but in a completely different environment and They were able to ship it out to me at the end of that day, got, got to me tomorrow or the next day. And I just thought that's the power of Facebook. If I'm using Intercom, if I'm using any other proprietary platform, the minute I close that down, I'm gone, I'm out of it. Like if they captured my data, sure, maybe they can get back in contact. But with Facebook, you've got that ability to keep the conversation going and you've created a connection. I just thought, yeah, Facebook's gonna win in this. Like I can just see how every business will just produce skins that ultimately just work with facebook messenger because so many people have it and i was like well yeah facebook I noticed a lot of own- um,
1: of e-commerce stores are really using and, and there's lots of plugins again for you know whether it's shopify or wordpress or whatever but building that a messenger experience into the 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 whole process giving you order updates and shipping updates and that sort of thing as well it's really kind of seeping into all aspects of the the whole process
0: yeah, and it's that it, and, the example and it's you gave.
1: Yeah, I was going to say the example you gave is just such a great, a great way to show how Facebook has solved the cross-platform problem. There, you know, where exactly like you said, if someone hasn't given you their email address or some sort of personally identifiable information, and then they close the window, you've you've lost them. So if they come back on a different device, it's a whole new user to you. So that's a problem that you know digital marketers and and web people have faced for. A very long time and there have been different ways of combating that but i think that facebook example you gave is just such a powerful tool
0: yeah and it's just it's such a better experience i I used to find it slightly creepy when you know i'd be say shopping online looking at something and they knew who i was based on a cookie based on a pixel and then they'd send me an email saying hey i think you left something in your basket and you kind of go oh i didn't really ask for that i know you worked out who i was and you sent me an email but that seemed that seemed like a bit too much for me but I don't know if it's a time-based thing or it's just the fact that it's messenger but it just it was a different experience and i thought okay well this is the future of customer service so Mm. and linking it back to what we're speaking about it just it just totally transformed what was absolutely a dead lead for them that was never going to happen turned into a sale and i just thought to myself yeah that is conversion rate optimization and chat just winning beautifully together yeah that's just so powerful conscious of time and, and I don't want to make my podcast episodes go for too long. So (laughs) if, if someone's listening to this and they think to themselves, I'm bought into conversion and optimization. I spend a fortune in time and effort and money driving people to my website. I'm, I'm super keen to convert more of those people because it's, it's a really big lever that I can pull, but I want to get somebody in to help. I want to either get an agency or an expert, a consultant or somebody to come in and help. I'm wondering if you can give us a couple of one or maybe two questions that that person can ask someone who purports to know about conversion rate optimization that will really test them out and see if they know what they're talking about. If that makes any sense. It's kind of like if you can give them the secret hard question so they can find <laughs> out who's, who's, who's real and who's just, you know, talking up a big CRO game.
1: Yeah. Well, there's, you know, there's a secret handshake, so you've got to know. That first. <laughs> no, I think, I think first of all, just ask them, okay. What would be the first thing that you'd test on my website and why, and just listen to their their rationale behind that? It'll be pretty clear if they're just trying to make it up or if they haven't bothered to look at your site or but yeah, in terms of of tools and things like that, it doesn't need to be super expensive, so you know if somebody's telling you that oh you have to buy this tool and that tool and and whatever else there's there's just so many simple ways. Of doing it, um it doesn't necessarily have to you know lock you into a big contract or a big piece of software, but yeah, I think ask them you know what would they recommend, and any examples that they can give you of of work they've done before and some actual concrete you know before and after, here's what it was, here's what we tested, here was our theory going in but but asking them that for your own side as well, so okay, what would you test, but why is the more important question like what's the rationale behind that? What would you hope to achieve? And I think you'll get a pretty good sense from that, whether they know what they're talking about or not.
0: I like that logic. That's to me, that's tapping straight into the experience. So it's saying, because in theory, you could split test everything, right? You could apply chaos theory and say, I'm gonna gonna split test every single English word in the dictionary on these headlines. And eventually I'll work out which one's the best. But experience says, you can probably, you know, I would imagine you'd be able to look at a site and say, I'm pretty confident if I work on those titles or those images or whatever it is, I'm going to experience an uplift. And I guess that's what experiences in conversion rate optimization. That's what you're buying with experience is you're buying shorter tests. Like you're basically able to say we could test everything, but I'm pretty confident one of these three solutions is going to be the answer. And that means you cut down the number of splits you have to do. So instead of just being, you can just do an AB test. Cause you go, oh, I'm pretty sure it's gonna be one of these two things. So I guess, you know, when you're looking at hiring an expert, what you're doing is you're cutting down the cost by using their experience.
1: Absolutely. And you can, you can install any of those heat map kind of programs pretty easily and just have a look at the heat map and you'll get some ideas straight away. And then you can go in and go, here's a problem that we've got. And that kind of, you know, saves a little bit of time up front. And like you said, you can just focus on that, that problem straight away then and just optimize that rather than
0: optimizing everything. Actually, that's a really, I, I like that. Like install, I don't know, I'll mention Crazy Egg. We've mentioned it a heap yep. of time. I think it's got a seven or a 14 day trial. So, you know, two weeks before you go in and speak to an agency or a consultant, yep. install Crazy Egg, get all the data, send them the login. And then rather than catching them the hop, they can actually spend, you know, 20 minutes having a look at it and go, oh here's the things i'm going to work on and here's why and it's going to be based not just on cut field it's going to be based on a little bit of logic so in that way you'll do what every agency or consultant hates which is probably extract a lot of value and not have to actually pay them anything so
1: yeah i think you know at the end of the day you should be working on the same page but you know if it's an agency or consultant or whatever you should be working towards the same goal and you're on the same team so I think if you can give them a little bit of that information upfront, it'll, it'll really help them with the process. And at the end of the day, you're, you're paying for that experience, um, that they have and, and bringing that to the table. But, you know, yeah, I think if you can go to them, ask those kind of questions, get an idea of their answers, you don't need to necessarily know any jargon or any particular tools or anything to, to assess them that way. You'll, you'll just get a pretty good idea from, from what they tell you and from what you already know about your,
0: your business. Fantastic. And I um and I think I think the takeaway tip in terms of something someone can do off the back of this is try to install some form of of heat map and click tracking software on the website and get that that visualization of how people are actually interacting with your website. That I mean, if I've interpreted it right, that's probably the one thing someone can take away and they can race off now, get a trial of one of these kind of heat tracking because landing page software is a bit harder. It takes a bit more work, but but click tracking and mouse tracking, that seems to be an easier thing to install. So that seems like that's the one takeaway everyone should start with. And it's probably gonna give them some kind of insight on their CRO.
1: Yeah, absolutely. You never know what you'll uncover. You might find a particular spot that that people are getting stuck at or conversely something that people are really loving. And then you can roll that out into other things you're doing as well.
0: Great. So one last question for you. I'm curious to know, is there something that you believe in at the moment that absolutely nobody else seems to agree with you on when it comes to conversion rate optimization?
1: Uh, Well, I think kind of what I've touched on before is just try something, (laughs) just, um, just go out there and try the tools and, you know, you don't have to necessarily buy into, you know, the big expensive shiny tools and the greatest latest new software. You can do it for free. You can do it cheaply and you can do, you know, you can at least get started by yourself. So, I think for, for people that especially don't have the budgets to do it, they might have looked at it and gone, Oh, it's too hard, too complicated. And there's plenty of people out there spruking their own products and services and going, Oh, you know, you have to lock in for this contract or you need to buy all these extra tools. The point is you don't necessarily have to. You can get started with the basics and it's better than sitting back and doing nothing. So I think that's probably my my key takeaway is just anyone can do it. I mean, obviously there's Experience that other people can bring, but you can definitely start yourself and start to unlock some of those insights just
0: by uncovering more of that data. Makes a lot of sense. I like that. I think I think any kind of startup, any startup founder who's listening to this is going to be keen to do something that doesn't cost very much money. And it's that idea (laughs) that well, you don't have to. You know, you don't have to necessarily employ a huge agency. I mean, you can do, but there's stuff here you can do yourself. And if it's one thing a founder of a startup company is good at, it's sort of grinding away late at night and doing things and teach themselves new skills. So if we've inspired a few people to take on CRO, that's a fantastic thing because it's probably the area that's least utilized when you think about all marketing, as you have pointed out already. But if the person is listening and they're saying, yes, Jared, that's great, but I don't have any time because I'm listening to this since 1130 at night and they want to get in contact with you, Luke, or Red X Digital, what's the best way to find you or the, or the company?
1: Yeah, you can jump onto our website, which is redxdigital.com. So R-E-D-E-X, digital. Or social media. We're on all of those under the same name. So just shoot through an inquiry or um, catch me on social.
0: Yeah, I find social is such a fantastic way. It just sort of cuts through all the noise. You just like straight in, contact the person, start having a chat, and kind of take business from there. Absolutely. Brilliant. Thank you so much for your time today, Luke. I've learned a lot. I'm sure everybody else has learned a lot and i really appreciate you taking time out of your it's fairly late evening here for us so i appreciate you taking the time to, to chat with us today
1: no problem i'm sure we could probably geek out for a few more hours about all of this stuff but uh, i think we've covered you know a lot of the important stuff there and hopefully some actionable insights that people can take away and start implementing
0: exactly i think we'll come back we we'll discuss we'll come back in a, a few episodes time we'll talk about email marketing and talk about delivery and all those kind of extra geeky things when it comes to uh, CRM. So I look forward to that second chat with you. Excellent. Sounds good. Thanks again. Cheers. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. I hope we were able to provide you with some great marketing ideas that will really help your business. As always, if you'd like to support me and the show, just jump onto iTunes or wherever you're listening to this podcast and rate and review. Those reviews really make a difference and help me reach a broader audience. If you'd like to connect, the best way to find me, of course, is on LinkedIn, following me on social media or just connecting. And if you've got ideas for future episodes or you're a marketer and you would like to appear in a future episode, just hit me up on LinkedIn as well. I'd be happy to have a chat. Thanks a lot. And I look forward to speaking with you next week.